Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> this is Rico, and this is Treks and Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness. It is March 20th, 2022, show 856. Yes, 856. And I'm happy to report, you know, I don't need to do the podcast anymore because there's so much Star Trek. Oh, my gosh. And that's what today is going to be about. We're going to talk all about... Star Trek, the current shows, upcoming shows, all the shows, so many shows. That's going to be the focus today. Basically, especially focusing in on season four of Star Trek Discovery that just ended its um, fourth season just this past week, had the final episode air. And yeah, I want to talk about that. I talked a little bit about Trek and stuff last week. Uh, on the show, and wow, two two shows are um, in two two in two weeks, right? Yeah, something like that. I think I'm going to shoot for a guest cast next week, right? I think that's on my list. I don't know. I'll have to check here shortly. But anyway, uh, that is going to be this focus. I'll, I'll give a spoiler warning. I'll talk in general about a few other things before before we get into track and discovery, especially. But um, yeah, let's do this thing. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the man in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the future of war. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's strength flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side. Sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Rico, and you're listening to Tracks and Sci-Fi. Yeah, all right. Again, welcome everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi. If you want to support the show, you can do that at, at uh, over at um, Patreon. I was almost gonna say Vimeo, but no, no. Uh, yeah, Patreon.com forward slash Treks in Sci-Fi. And, you know, a couple of dollars a month. I, I greatly appreciate and thank the guys and gals and whoever, whatever, uh, <laughs> however you identify is the way to say it, right, these days. Gee, just uh, really appreciate those who do do support the show. You guys have been, I, I'm sorry, I, my, my one of my grandsons always says guys to everything. He's like, hey, guys, come see this or hey, guys. So I, that, I'm, that's going to be my excuse for using that term. But uh, again, greatly appreciate those who do don donate already, and um, yeah, I appreciate anyone who wants to do that. The um, the last week's been pretty good. Uh, weather here is turning better. Here's your weather report. Yeah, we're almost going to be almost 60 today. Had a really nice couple of days last week too. Most days above freezing now, which you know <laughs> that's a plus. <laughs> oh, it's above freezing. That's a plus. Yeah. It, it, you know, we all talk about the weather. The weather affects everybody. It's amazing even with houses and heating and cooling how much the weather still we're – still, we're still filthy animals. We're still basically really, really influenced by the weather, right? We are. We are. You know, in, in the north, especially in, in northern United States – the sunlight changes, you know, the the fact that we don't get as much sun during the winter is really a factor for people. I, I feel it for sure. I'm much more, um, let's say, happy is the easiest thing to say. But on a sunny day, you just feel better, right, than you do on a cloudy day. It's just, yeah, it's just our nature, something about the way it triggers in our brains and all that. So it certainly is an impact. 
and I'm greatly looking forward to uh, spring and summer. Summer, I just is my favorite time of year. A lot of people will say, "Oh, it's so hot," and I'm like, "No, man, it's just it's just great. It's sunny. It's you know, it's just it's just great." I, I there's nothing better to me than to be able to open up all the windows in the house and have a nice breeze going through, even if it's a little on the warm side. I I get cooped up after months of the winter. So, yeah, looking forward to it a lot. All right, enough about the weather. Enough about the weather. Let's talk about nerd stuff. My goodness, there's just so much going on, so many things, so much to see, so much to watch. Um, like I said, we're going to talk about Star Trek, so I won't talk about that yet, but talk about other things that I've been watching. Uh, I did talk about The Adam Project last week. Really enjoyed that movie. If you guys didn't listen to last week's podcast, it's on Netflix, Ryan Reynolds, kind of a time travel thing. Very, very heartwarming kind of a movie. A lot of action, too. Re- really good cast, really fun movie. So check that out if you didn't hear me talk about it last week. The the other things that I've been watching uh, on, on, you know, whatever, there's that weird Severance show, which I've talked about. <laughs> I'm really worried. I, I am intrigued by the show, but I am just... I, I, I just really worry that it's not the payoff for it is not going to be um, worth it. Like, like the, you know, you guys know the concept. I've talked about it. You can look it up. But this idea, there's a procedure in the in at some point that they come up with that allows you to separate sort of your work, your work brain from the rest of your life. So you, when you're at work, you don't have any idea of the rest of your life, and vice versa, completely separate. Which I can believe in warp drive more than I can believe in that. That just seems crazy to be able to do that. I mean, I, I don't I don't know, but but the um but again, it's a premise of a show. But the point that that's coming becoming clear after I think there's been six episodes and I'm caught up is that what what are these people at this workplace really doing that that needs to be so secretive and hidden? You know, I mean, it's that that I, I and it, and it's super weird. I it, there's sort of a Twin Peaks vibe to it, truthfully, truthfully a little bit, uh, along with a few other things that I've watched and seen over the years. But and Christopher Walken, man, it, 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 he's in it too, and he's not in it all the time, but he's he's been in a fair amount the last couple episodes. But yeah, he's he's fun to watch. He just uh, you guys. I don't know why you're here. Um, that's not a that's a terrible Christopher Walken impression. Okay, <laughs> why are you guys coming to see me? That's it's just awful, isn't it? It's just terrible. I'm sorry. I just he's just fantastic, Christopher Walken, legend. Um, but I'm gonna keep watching it. I don't know how many episodes they're doing for the first season, so. The other show that's back, um, well, not Severance is not back; it's new. Um, the show, a little show, a little show I like to call uh, Upload on Amazon, uh, Amazon Video, Prime Video, whatever. I really enjoyed season one. The premise of this one was, or is, if you die, they have this procedure that allows you to upload your brain to basically a virtual world, which more or less seems like the real world, except it's you know it's in a computer. So which is a cool concept, super cool, and, and, and something that, you know, sci-fi has played with for a while. And, and there was a lot of charm and, and, and stuff to the first season. I, I'm only two episodes, and it's a real short season for season two. I can't remember how many first season. Maybe the first season wasn't ten episodes. Maybe it was only like eight or something. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. But there's only seven episodes of season two. I've only watched two but I, I don't really like the uh, the the kind of tone of this year. It's a little I, I don't know. They're they're they've they've separated some of the characters a little bit. I, I don't want to give too much away, but I I don't know. I'm not really enjoying it as much as season one. They're bringing in the more of this concept of there's a group of people who are kind of against this. It's funny in the Severance show the same thing is going on where there's a group of people in the public eye that are against that procedure of people doing it or or even allowing that to be a legal procedure in the same sort of thing about upload there's a there's kind of they call them the luddites i think in in upload where well their main problem is that money basically talks with the upload procedure in other words you can you can live a very you know after life a very 
um, nice, nice, very cool and comfy and and very very expensive <laughs> afterlife in this upload. But if you're if you don't have the money, basically you either can't do an upload or you live <laughs> what they call what do they call it 2K or something like that. They call they call it um, two gig, not 2K, two gig. Sorry, I think of Y2K. Basically, you have very limited options and time, and it's not nearly as nice for you. So there's a group that that don't like the the rich get get all the good stuff and the and the poor don't get it. Is I mean like it's kind of how the world is right now, right? I mean money, unfortunately for, or fortunately, I don't know what to call it. I mean we're not in the Star Trek world where everyone's kind of allowed to do what they want and money isn't really a a thing so much anymore. But I you know currently if you have more money you you can buy a nicer house, you can buy a nicer car, pretty much. And, and, and that's pretty much true, you know, across the globe, no matter what country you live in to, to some degrees and some more or less. But so it's just not it's not appealing. The show isn't really appealing to me as much. The, I really, really enjoyed the first season. There was a lot of, like I said, a, kind of a, a, a real romantic charm to it. The the one guy gets uploaded and, and they have these um uh, helpers on the outside, the real world called angels, they call them, who can kind of come in and help the the person. And there's sort of a little romance that happens between the, one of these angels and this uploaded guy. And they, they, yeah, so we'll see. Well, I, I'm still going to watch. Um, Flash is back. I'm glad that Flash is back. I, I still really enjoy that CW show. Uh, I think it's it's evolved over time. I mean, where the earlier seasons may be better, maybe it, it it's there's so much talk online these days. You know, people you know people a lot of a lot of uh, quote unquote fans. You know, they really have they've always kind of poo pooed the the CW shows. I I've always enjoyed them some more than others. I talk about them pretty much almost each week when they're airing. Uh, it, it's changed a lot though. I mean, we have no more Arrow. We have Supergirl's gone. We have basically from the kind of the core original group, we have the Flash still hanging in there in DC Legends of Tomorrow. I kind of feel they're probably both, you know, we're going to get, I think, another season of both. But I, I think their time is near the end. Who knows? Maybe they'll go longer. Um, but um, I still enjoy them. And yeah, DC Legends Tomorrow has, has also ended its season. All these shows have been kind of a, still a little weird because of COVID. Uh, I wonder next year with without, you know, it seems like COVID has kind of settled down now. Hopefully they'll have longer seasons and not these abbreviated seasons. Uh, what else am I? And I've got one more episode of Raised by Wolves, the, the craziest, weirdest show. <laughs> it, it's it's not it, it's not certainly a favorite of mine. I, I'm still watching it. it. There's nothing else like it, really. And uh, I've got the finale to watch. Uh, that I'll probably watch tonight, but um, yeah. So you know that show. I I don't know. It's just uh, yeah. I don't know. So uh, I'm into starting to watch Lock and Key season two. I I think I mentioned that maybe recently. I think maybe I mentioned it last week. Uh, love that show. Really, I really enjoy the comics. Uh, really enjoy the show. It's 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 also a different kind of a show. Uh, I, I highly recommend that one on Netflix. So much stuff on Netflix to watch. I'm watching some of the animated Cowboy Bebop. Um, there's a show called Super Crooks, which is based on a comic by Mark Millar. Uh, that's on Netflix. There's, there's just um, so many things. Just so many things to watch. <laughs> just uh, I can still remember getting Netflix discs in the mail. Remember that? Do you guys do that? I don't know. I, I did it. I I still remember it, you know, and I always had to like, I would change plans a little bit. It's like how many discs out at a time. And I had times where they would show up cracked and a couple times, although really considering they were usually shipped in those flimsy paper envelopes, they usually came in pretty good shape overall. So, uh, so that was, um, yeah. Hey, let's slip in right here. I'm just want to talk about it cause I didn't want to forget, uh, to mention it, but, um, I, I uh, want to talk a little bit about collectibles somewhat. Um, one is something that I've wanted for a long time. I picked up this. And if you follow me over on Instagram, oh, here's a pitch from my Instagram. It, uh, my my username on Instagram is Rico, R-I-C-O underscore D for Dosti for my last name. So Rico underscore D. 
I put things up there. I put things up there also on on the Trex and Sci-Fi group. I kind of the Instagram thing. I, I tend to put a little bit more from my regular, you know, not just related to geeky things. Although there's a lot of geeky things, but I'll put pictures up when it snows or my grandkids or whatever. But um, which still is a weird word to say. But anyway, so I got a collectible. I guess about a week ago maybe a little more than that, that I've always wanted. And it's um, basically a replica of the the Genie bottle from I Dream of Genie, that 60s comedy show that most people know about. I mean, if you're younger, you may never have watched it, but you may be aware of it um, with Barbara Eden and Larry Hagman. Uh, I grew up on reruns of that. You know, somebody shows in the 60s, Adam's Family, Munsters, um, I Dream of Genie, obviously Star Trek, Lost in Space, when these shows started to um, show up in reruns, you know, I would, I have memories of um, watching, you know, those shows a lot. Like when I would end up staying home from school if I was sick or something, I, I would just start, you know, and those were here's an old TV thing. If you guys, uh, you know, are of an age where you remember, we had VHF and UHF. You know, when when all the TV was over antenna, you know, and 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 radio and and television waves or whatever it is, but. Oh, I can remember watching all these shows on my, you know, I think it was Channel 50. We had Channel 50 and Channel 20 come out of Detroit, and I would watch some of those old reruns. But anyway, I got a replica of Genie Bottles. I think the the guy who makes these on eBay, Bottles by Pina, I think it was. If anyone's really interested, shoot me an email, truckSF at gmail.com. But I've always wanted one. I have a, actually, I have another Genie Bottle here that's partially painted that I picked up years ago probably off of eBay. It's just got the purple base coat and a little bit of the trim painted on. I always meant to basically paint it, you know, and I and maybe one day I'll do that to paint the rest of it myself by hand. Uh, but um, but I decided to take the plunge, and, and I've been looking at these bottles for a long time. There's usually seems to be two makers of these on, on eBay that pop up, and I think they have their own individual websites. They're not super expensive, I don't feel, for, for what you get. But this is a glass bottle. It's a, it's a replica, of course. Um, the um, There was a, I think it was whiskey or something in the 60s that, that I can't remember the name of the company. Was it Jim Bean? Maybe. Um, but but um, anyway, the, um, the the original bottles were, were from uh, alcohol. There was an alcohol maker that, like I just said, which I don't know exactly, I can't remember. But that's where the bottle design and the bottle type came from. And those bottles are still out there and around. And some people get the original, you know, those old bottles and they get them painted. And this is, I think, a glass-made replica of those bottles, though. It's not, it's not one of those. So, But I think it's still fine. I mean, it looks great to me. It's painted well. Um, again, I put some stuff up on uh, Instagram, and I put it on the Treks and Sci-Fi Facebook group as well. I made this little video <laughs> with a little of the music from the opening credits. So something I always wanted, um, and I, I decided, yeah, let's just do this finally. And uh, it, it's super cool. I've always uh, had a fondness for that show. It was a very charming, very fun show. And I think it was on the air for like five seasons. I think it was five. But um, yeah, check that out when you get a chance. I know Kenny, uh, Kenny from California, my buddy out there who I have gone to San Diego Comic-Con. Hopefully this year, Kenny, we'll, we'll meet up again. I'm really hoping to get there in July. It's been way too long and I want to get back into to cons. We're going to have a uh, con. <laughs> Not spelled the same. Boy, does it irritate you guys when people talk about Wrath of Khan on on online and they don't spell Khan right? <laughs> it's K-H-A-N. K-H-A-N, folks. Not K-A-H-N. Um, or C-O-N. Well, I don't really see people do that too much. But it's usually the K-A-H-N instead of K-H-A-N. It's K-H-A-N. Anyway, um, want to get to Motor City Comic Con in May. San Diego in July, uh, and we've got also uh, we've got a couple of uh, weddings this year to go to, so lots of things happening, uh, lots of things, lots of stuff. So, all right, that's enough preamble. I think um, was there another collectible? Oh, I was going to talk about. I got a um, I got a set. I think the company's called Rittenhouse uh, via SciFiHobby.com, um, but. I've been 
getting uh, trading cards for all the seasons of Star Trek Discovery so far. Well, the ones they put out. Season 3 just came out in trading cards. I get these box sets. This one I think I got off eBay. And I've gotten season 1, 2, and 3. I got the first season of Picard. And, and most of these have special cards in the sets. The uh, There's some autograph cards, like the most recent season 3 set. I got her name is Janet Kidder. She played the um, the Ryan woman in season three, the kind of kind of head of the Emerald Chain, um, and her autograph is in there. There's also another guy, one of the Vulcans, kind of a side character, not one of the real biggies. Um, maybe one day I'll get I'll, I'll strike gold, and uh, I've gotten a couple of decent autographs. I would say they're they're um, characters at least that you know. I liked or or had some you know they weren't just a crazy extra that didn't have anything going on but um but anyway yeah so if you're interested they're not too bad really I don't feel that the buying a box set is that expensive I think it costs like $69 or something which you know it always depends on your own personal budget how much that sounds or whatever but uh, I don't find for a sealed set that that's too bad um I've paid a little bit more occasionally for sets, but they're usually in that six, seven, uh, sorry, 70, 80 ish kind of thing. Look on eBay, sci-fi hobby.com, or just do a Google search or something like that. Um, but I'm, I'm really hoping they continue to do this. It took, well, it looks like now they're about maybe a year behind. So I don't know. I'll probably have probably season four discovery cards will be out, you know, in a, in another year from now. Uh, and Picard will probably get sooner than that. Really hoping that they continue to do these for the other treks. I would love to see a, like a, a lower decks um, uh, set. I think that would be really cool looking. Um, the one thing I will say, the one extra little thing I'll say about these discovery cards is I was kind of sorting through them yesterday. The, the the card stock that they used on this most recent set is super thick. I don't know exactly why they did that there. I mean, they feel very nice and they're very durable, but they're probably about twice as thick as, as a typical trading card. I even noticed them compared to the season two and one cards. I don't know why. I've, again, no, no, and I'm not really complaining. I think a little thicker is better. Um, they still fit in the little holders, those little plastic uh, sheets that I buy that I put them in an album. But um, And essentially you get, you know, the whole main set of cards with some extras and the extras, they have multiple types of extras. Like there's even in, in, in the, this set. And I think the last set they did this to a little piece of the costume fabric. Like, um, this one had a little Burnham piece of uniform from near the end of season three. Uh, so when she's in a, in a different uniform, I don't know if I can probably easy to say spoilers about that, but when she basically becomes captain of discovery, at the very end of season three, but yeah, it's uh, fun. I enjoy it, and yeah, that was the other collectible-y thing that I was going to mention for this week. So, all right, let me take a short break here. I'll be back. We'll run down. I want to run down kind of the the arc of season four for Discovery. Talk about some of the individual episodes. What I'm going to do during the break here is I will play um, one of the trailers that we've got or we got at the time uh, leading up to season four. So here that is to get us in that kind of a frame of mind. And I guess here's your spoiler warning. If you're, if you haven't watched season four, or maybe even if you haven't finished, I will run down, like I said, some of the episodes, I will talk about the finale a fair amount and and overall what I thought about the season and and what I think maybe we were getting for the future for the show. So here is a trailer for season four for Star Trek Discovery. Once we enter the anomaly, we are going where no one has gone before. Life is just a blink. It is one heartbeat in the entire lifespan of the universe. Captain? Captain? Are you with us? Today we seek to understand a threat like none our galaxy has faced before. What exactly is this anomaly? We're not certain. Our ship was hit by something. Together we will meet this threat to our shared galaxy. Until we understand the anomaly well enough to predict its path, billions more lives will be at risk. Not on our watch. 
leadership is about balance. Your acts of bravery are huge swings of the pendulum. And there is a very fine line between a pendulum and a wrecking ball. It'll be bumpy. We could be destroyed. We're totally gonna ignore that warning, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I've lived a good life. Jump. With so much at stake, countless lives, futures. Once we enter the anomaly, we are going where no one has gone before. Wherever we come from, whatever our experiences, you got this. We're all in this together. I gotta have hope that we'll find a way to stop it. We cannot let fear define us in this moment. The future remains uncertain. But the captain in me knows anything is possible. Ready when you are, Captain. Let's fly. All right, there you go. There is uh, season four. It's interesting to watch that season four trailer that came out months ago prior to the start of being, you know, them airing season four. Now that I've seen the entire season, uh, there's definitely clips pretty much throughout the whole season in there. It's not just like the first two episodes. It, it You know, there's clips in there that, that are pretty much up to the end and, and throughout the series, which is interesting to me uh, about, you know, they've got everything pretty much done. I know not completely done. You can, you know, effects and things, but months before they actually air it, there's a lot to be, um, there's a lot of decisions that are made of when things come out, you know, on, on both streaming services and in the movies. It's a lot of juggling of uh, what's the competition, you know, for example, that Orville TV show was supposed to come back at the end around March right now give or take a week somewhere in here so where we had Discovery ending, Picard on. And there was talk, there was two sort of bits of talk, and I don't know if every, anything ever got really confirmed one way or the other, uh, whether the show was completed. In other words, they were really ready to air all the episodes. You know, they had everything done um, technically. Or the other the other side of things that people kind of were saying was, well, they didn't really want to compete with a, a very Star Trek-like show with other Star Trek series being aired at the same time. I don't know which one really I, I buy into as much. I think they're very different shows. They've had them on at the same time before. Um, I mean, Orville hasn't been on in like two years. I forget when the last season aired. Definitely before COVID, I think. So the um, and I know COVID obviously slowed down a lot of things on these productions, but I, I I think I think they underestimate people's ability to watch this stuff. I don't I don't know, but who knows? Somebody makes these, so they move that one. They pushed it to is it is it June or May? May or June? I think it's June for Orville. And the funny thing is, at the very end of of May, um, Obi the Obi Wan Kenobi show is going to be on. Are coming out, although that's only like six episodes, and it's Star Wars, it's not Star Trek. So, although we're going to have Strange New Worlds starting in May, so <laughs> I don't think they can keep dodging Star Trek right now because the, right now we've got Star Trek running for a long time. We had Discovery, we have we have season two of Picard, then we're going to go right into Strange New Worlds, then we'll probably be going into almost um, lower decks stuff. And somewhere in there, they're going to do some more Prodigy. So there's so much Star Trek right now. I, I think them trying to avoid it is is <laughs> impossible, let's say. All right, but that's enough about that. The um, season four of Star Trek Discovery, the the point of this, uh, as, as they said the word, I think they said the word anomaly. <laughs> hey, anomaly podcast, Jen, Angela, <clears throat> you should just string all those words, all those anomalies together. I think you've done that before for a promo. But um, so there's this anomaly that's basically this huge, huge in size thing. I'll just call it that. They, they eventually dub it the DMA, um, not to be confused with DMZ, which is a new HBO show that I watched the first season or first season, first episode of the first season. And I don't know, 
it's another one of the end of the end of the world kind of Walking Dead ish. No zombies, but everything else is kind of like that. So it's based on a comic. Uh, but um, so there's this anomaly that's threatening the galaxy and and is wiped out. Um, okay, again, a spoiler warning. One of the things that first happens in season four is it wipes out Book's homeworld. Um, you know, which which causes sort of a chain of events that that. Book gets a lot to do in this season because he's really obviously messed up by that happening, and he tries to stop this thing in his own way, and it and it creates sort of a divide between what he's doing off uh, with this guy named Tarka, the scientist guy, versus what's going on in Discovery. So there's a little bit of a rift between um, between Michael Burnham, between the captain of Discovery, and, and Book. Who they're you know they're basically in love with each other and they were kind of on their own together for a while, you know. So in the early part of season three. So anyway, the um, that that's an interesting thing. Although I, in my opinion, that that there was too much of that. It, it went on for too many episodes near the last part of the season of them chasing basically trying to stop Book from what he was doing while they were also trying to figure out this anomaly thing and stop it on their own. So I think that that, I think that was too much in my opinion. I, I think, I think one of the things that Star Trek has been, Discovery's been doing this for a while. It even happened in the older shows. Like even, I even remember feeling this way with Voyager, especially that um, they, they, they hold back too much. Like, like things, they hold back for the pacing and, and everything Season four pretty much just got finally wrapped up in the last bit of the last episode. And they did the same thing in season three, kind of. I, I kind of spread it out a little bit more in season three over the last two episodes of that season. But it's really, uh, I find it I find it a little frustrating, honestly, because what happens i feel when that when they do this is they it seems like that we have a few episodes especially near the end of season 4 where they're almost standing in place or spinning their wheels a little bit i this has happened in book series that i've read and i don't think it's good writing i don't think it's it's handling um the viewers very well um, I mean, yeah, are they trying to put in other info and stuff and side in, you know, characters and other things happening somewhat Kind of, but but I just I don't I don't really care for it. Let's just put it that way. Um, the other thing, and I I don't want to turn this into a negative, too much of a negative, but I I wasn't really honestly super happy with season four, and and the biggest thing, the problem that I have over the last couple of seasons, especially season three and season four, to me had much too much in common. It was basically like the galaxy's in in, in danger. They were chasing down the burn, right, in season three, trying to figure out what happened. And and there were things still happening because of that. I really like season three in the beginning. Season three, I mean, I'm going back a little bit here because they in the early parts, they had been flown or, you know, flown. They 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 had been shot into the, the future, like almost a thousand years in the future. So that was really interesting to me. Hey, what's the Federation like? What's Starfleet like? what what's the what are the what's the galaxy like at that point in time and it's kind of a mess honestly because of this thing the burn that happened you know the federation is pretty much gone nearly gone uh starfleet's down to hardly you know much and 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 all that so that i you know was interesting to me rebuild all that you know try to get all that going i I thought that would have been okay instead of the burn thing and what that turned out to be so then they come around and they turn and then you get to season four and you have, oh, there's an anomaly out there that's just literally destroying solar systems, planets, wiping out billions of people and, and uh, civilizations. And we got to stop it. Right. So the it's just they they need to back off on this every season. Discovery has to save the galaxy, basically, situation. Um, I was reading, it's funny, I was reading some of the comments on YouTube when I played that trailer. And the first three or four comments on this particular post of the trailer, uh, you know, I'll read, I'll read one of them, for example, uh, example, uh, here, Slappy Wingnut says on YouTube, 
I would have loved a season of them going world to world, trying to bring the former Federation members back into the fold instead of yet another galaxy-spanning disaster that only the crew of Discovery can fix. And here's another one right after that one. How about a low-stakes season of Discovery putting the Federation back together one planet at a time? And, and then the last one that I'll say here, for crying out loud, how many times are they going to save the universe? <laughs> Can't they just save a planet for once or even just a ship? <laughs> you know, uh, it's, um, I don't know. It, 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 uh, it, it, it's, again, I enjoy the show. I like the characters. I don't really have a big problem with it. There's a lot of people who, who have kind of an inherent problem with, you know, there's, they feel like there's an agenda with discovery, you know, of a black female captain, you know, there's sort of this social justice situation. People always try to, I don't really, none of that. I don't care about. I'm fine with all that stuff. Right. Put put whoever, as long as they're a good actor or actress or whatever, uh, but an interesting, an interesting character. And I think Burnham's a very interesting character, uh, but it's just, and I think she's earned where she is. I really do um, being captain now, but um but man, just lower the stakes a bit. I, 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 and I think, I think I'm jumping ahead a little and I'm going to back backtrack a little and, and go a little bit into some of the individual episodes to some degree of this discussion. But I think based on what happened at the very last few minutes of season, the season four and some of what Burnham, there's a kind of a little Burnham talk over, you know, she's doing sort of a narration at the end a little bit about kind of going out there and starting to explore a bit more. I think maybe they've heard, <laughs> they've heard the fans or maybe they've like, it would just floor me. It would just completely floor me if they come back with, and they are doing season five, it's happening. I think maybe they're already filming it. I'm not sure about that. I mean, Strange New Worlds is, um, they're, you know, the big news that came out recently is that actor Paul Wesley, I don't think I said this last week, right, um, who was on Vampire Diaries, has been cast as a young Kirk for that second season of Strange New Worlds, which is filming. So, and Picard season three finished filming. So it's kind of like, I wonder if we're going to get both of those, like, you know, another season of Picard yet, and, and, in a, and two, even two seasons of Strange New Worlds before we'll get season five of Discovery. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe they'll just pace them out a little different. I, I think it'd be weird to get two seasons of Strange New Worlds before season five. But point is, is, is if they come back in season five of Star Trek Discovery and there's another thing that's out there out to destroy the world, the worlds and floating around or what, <laughs> just like there's just no way. There's just no way they can do that. I mean, maybe they'll run into an enemy like a, you know, maybe they'll have to f deal with the Orion some more, or maybe they'll, they've never, they haven't touched on, really, I don't think, right? Am I missing something? What happened to the Klingons? Where are the Klingons in the future? Really haven't talked about them or talked, you know, touched on them at all. And they were such a big part of the early seasons of Discovery. And there's been just zero talk, I think. Maybe I've missed something, but they certainly haven't been around. There wasn't a Klingon at Federation, you know, headquarters there, or whatever, Starfleet headquarters, right? There's no, so, uh, hey, what's going on with them? You know, maybe uh, maybe they've been laying low and they come back and try to take over. I don't know. I hope it's not that again because it's like we don't need another war with the Klingons, do we, on Discovery? But, um, okay, and and again, I, to keep this, keep this in mind, I, I do enjoy the show. I watch it every week when it comes out. I don't wait. I'm very excited to see it. I still am, but I, I, I just think that they don't need to keep doing this. Sometimes I feel like when, when Star Trek became a streaming thing, that they felt like they had to kind of up the stakes. It couldn't just be about, yeah, let's, hey, go to this planet. Look, there's <laughs> like the old original series, you know, look, on this planet, there's a bunch of people who uh, uh, somehow believe, you know, in the Nazis and Nazi Germany has been recreated here or the gangsters, uh, 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 you know, of the 30s or something. Uh, or, or or the Romans, you know, fighting and all that good stuff from, from the original series. Although they kind of did that a little too much when you think back on it. But um, but the point, you know, Strange New Worlds is, is, is they've been saying this a lot, that they're going to be much more of a, we're going to have an individual story for this week. You know, they're going to a place and this is going to have, some stuff's going to happen. The next week's going to be completely new and different. They're going to go to another place and other stuff's going to happen. So looking forward to that. All right. 
Let us get into, um, I've got a couple of lists, Wikipedia, Memory Alpha. There were, let me break down a few things for you. And by the way, I was reading a little bit. I'll slide this in now. Star Trek Discovery, no matter what people say, and, you know, there's a lot of complainers, even if some fans out there, it's doing very well. I mean, it gets good ratings. It, it's one of the most watched streaming shows out there and has been since it's been on. So, you know, whether we're going to get a sixth season, seventh season, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But as far as viewership and ratings, it's, it's, it's up there. So it's, it, it, that's not going to, that's not going to be the reason that's going to stop it. I don't think unlike when, um, some of the other Star Treks were airing, especially enterprise, you know, that only got four seasons and, and it was definitely, the ratings were really going, going, you know, hurting and, and that, that's really what stopped that show essentially. So, so just keep that in mind. The list though, the breakdown. So we had, um, we had a total of 13 episodes in season four, which is what we had in season, uh, three as well. Uh, they aired from the first one was airing on November 18th. It's funny. They really kind of spread it out pretty, pretty far. Cause we had a bit of a break, right? So the first episode, uh, the Kobayashi Maru um, episode, that that was the first episode of season four, the forty third episode overall of the show, November eighteenth, twenty twenty one, and then they they ran episodes basically weekly until the end of December, um, and that got us to like episode seven. Okay, so more or less they they split the season in half. And then the second, or sorry, the eighth episode, when it came back, the second half of the season, uh, episode called All In, number eight, uh, that episode f was air aired on February 10th. So they had about a, uh, about a month and a half or so that they took a break. And that's not unheard of. A lot of times, although it's usually more into earlier December, but there, sometimes a lot of t TV shows take kind of a mid-season break. So that's not too surprising to me at least. I've said this many times, I, and, and it seems like a lot of the streaming services are doing this more these days. Netflix is still probably about the only one, and even Netflix has done this a little bit, where they're airing episodes weekly, you know, where, you know, Prime Prime Video is a bit of a mixed case on that. Sometimes they've done it that way, sometimes they haven't. Like that upload show I was talking about, they just dropped all the episodes, I think, at once for that one. Uh, but that Wheel of Time show, which was a big, big thing, you know, they only were dropping them like, I think when it first, I think the first week, I think they dropped two, maybe three, something like that. But then after that, it was just a weekly drop of episodes, one one episode each week. And they've obviously been doing this, I think, Star Trek Discovery since it started, I think, when it was on CBS All Access, then moved to Paramount Plus, or they just they didn't really move. It's just they changed the name, rebranded kind of. Um, they've always done it like that. And I, and I very much appreciate and like that. I would just Star Trek for me, I think I would really have a hard time binging it. I don't like to binge. I don't really binge anyway, but I think we'd really, uh, I, I think it's, it's interesting to me for this show to, to just kind of like see an episode each week. I, for one thing, I, I think some of my comments earlier about, about the spinning their wheels and kind of, I think if you just sat down and watched it all in a couple of days, it wouldn't feel like that, right? Because things would be moving because you'd be just watching episode after episode. But um, I, th I think because there's these weak gaps, I think that gives you more time to kind of understand and go, wow, there's not really much forward that happened in this storyline in the, in this episode. Not, not a lot really. <laughs> and again, that's okay once in a while, but um, let me see here. So let me run down, I guess. So the last episode was this past week, March 17th, 2022, 13 episodes total. Um, I'll run down the episode titles. Kobayashi Maru, Anomaly, Choose to Live, All is Possible, The Examples, Stormy Weather, uh, dot, 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 but to connect, All in, Rubicon, the Galactic Barrier, uh, Rosetta, episode 12 now, we're on Species 10C, 
which I just always thought that was weird. Species 10C. How about species 1? What, what was 10B? What was 10A? <laughs> I, I don't remember if they ever explained why they came up with it called that, you know. Um, and then the last episode was called Coming Home. So uh, interesting group of directors here listing on this. I'm looking again at the Wikipedia. Um, looks like Jonathan Frakes. Yes, number one. Uh, he only directed one of these, Stormy Weather. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Olatundi Osanami, who's directed a lot of uh, Discovery over the years. He directed a lot of these. First couple of the season, and then, what, the last two episodes, it looks like, of the season. So we kind of started the season and ended the season with that director. So, I mean, the show is really solid in terms of direction, look. Uh, acting, uh, I, I mean, I, I just, you know, I just think, you know, the storylines need to be cleaned up a bit and, and, you know, make it a little more interesting and not just, not just this, hey, the world's going to end. All right, let me, I'm going to see if I can find one of an episode. There's a couple episodes I wanted to talk a little bit more about. Let me see if I can find an episode um, little. They do put these out. I don't think they really show up on on when you're watching Paramount Plus or not at the end of the episodes, like next time on Star Trek Discovery or something like that, uh, like TNG used to do. But they do have them, there, and they show up online. So let me see if I can find a teaser to something, um, and then we can talk about it. Hang on. Booker and Tarka must be stopped, whatever the cost. You think I'm too close to this? I believe that... There is no one else who could possibly correct his path. How long do you need to build a weapon? 24 hours should do it. This will stop the DMA. No one else has to die. This isn't an easy mission, but it is critical that we succeed. Booker's outside Federation territory. Without a weapon, without a badge, without authority. And there may be a few surprises. Let's get to it. Hi, Captain. If Booker and Tarka succeed, they risk provoking a highly advanced species capable of destroying us all. Is this where I get to say I was born ready? Something is coming. A life form. Whatever we think we know about species 10C, we're wrong. All right, that was kind of a little bit of a blend of things. It was basically a preview for episode eight, all in. When they go to that place and they have, they end up at that casino, if you if you know the episodes, and and try to get this isolinium so that book can get it to build this weapon. Um, the but it, it sort of previewed the the last half of the season, which is fine. That that's good and uh, the. There's um, there's a lot of things that are happening in that trailer and stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, by the way, Reno, <laughs> whenever Reno shows up, and I was really glad that they used her quite a bit in the last couple of episodes of the season because she's just fantastic. I mean, she's just so matter of fact and natural. And and I, I know I think uh, what's her, what's the actress or the she's really a comedian. Tig. Uh, Nataro, is that how you say her last name? Something like that. But anyway, I think she has very limited, um, like she can't be there like every day showing up, like can be a real regular on the show, which, which is probably good in a way. Cause I think in small doses, she's, she's fantastic. But whenever she's around, I just, it, I just smile. And I was really, again, glad that they used her in the last, um, last couple of episodes. I think that added a lot of character, and interesting things happen because of that, so I'm I'm really happy about that. The uh, again, this this business with book being against them. What one of the key things that happens, and I and I kind of like this. It, it, we got a lot more, got a lot more. I think of a feel. Uh, here here's some positive things. Here we got a lot more of a feel in season four for how Starfleet and the Federation kind of interact. And and this new, you know, Federation is still just kind of building itself back together. I mean, even Earth isn't uh, really a member yet, uh, which is amazing and shocking, you know, when you think about it. Uh, the um, 
But you see how, you know, they have this big discussion and meeting and they're kind of voting. It's sort of like the UN, you know, kind of in a way, right? And they're trying to vote on what to decide to do. This is a key point in the in the season of what to do about the, the, the DMA. You know, they, they have two potential ideas. They want to try to make first contact, first contact. They discover basically through a lot of techno stuff of, of where this species is at. It's outside the galaxy. Um, and they're using, you know, there's this weapon that basically it's to, to us, to the Federation. I mean, when I say us, the Starfleet and the Federation, it appears to be sort of like a weapon, but it's sort of gathering, what is it like boronite or some weird thing or some weird element. This thing is sweeping through the galaxy, collecting this, right? Uh, and, and, and they, they're not sure, like the, the crew discovery and Stamets and everybody who's examining this, they're not even sure if the if whoever's doing this is aware of really what they're doing. It's sort of a weird, like kind of think about it like this. This is kind of a very Star Trek thing, but it's it's kind of in terms of like think about like ecology on Earth now and and strip mining or 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 you know other let's just say other ways of harvesting something from our planet now that causes harm like wipes out a species or something so so essentially and i'm making some leaps but i have a feeling this is kind of what they were going for a little bit we're we're basically we're doing things here that are doing damage to species damage to environments and stuff but we're humans. We're the most, you know, the smartest people on, or the smartest species. It's our planet. We can do what we want, kind of, right? Can't we? Can we? You know, if you're more evolved and have a bigger brain and all that stuff, aren't you the one in charge and get to do what they want to do? And and in the end of it all, and I'm at 50 minutes already, so maybe maybe I uh, need to kind of wrap up a bit of. But in the end of it all, that when they do kind of finally meet species 10C and talk to them. And, and I really did enjoy how they had to work at communicating. It was a very different way of doing it. They couldn't just yank out the universal translator. I was glad that that was hard to do. And, and I, I think it was really interesting that they really pushed the sci-fi part of things and had to really work on that kind of situation. And, and they met a species that's drastically, everyone kind of complains forever about Star Trek. One of the things they say is, you know, well, Everyone looks basically like a human. Well, maybe they got a different nose or different. They got weird ridges on their head, different something or whatever scales or something like that. But they're we got two arms, two legs, two eyes. They're bipedal, all that you know. And and the the rational or the rational the rationalization was always that Star Trek stuck to and Starfleet investigated Class M planets, things that were like Earth like. So there was always this throwaway idea that, oh, they're going to run into species that are kind of like us. But when we get to species 10C and they finally interact, they're, they're very, very different than, than humans. They're not people at all. They don't look like us. They don't talk like us. They're, they're, and they're more of a hive culture too. You know, they, they're all, they all think of themselves as one. They have a hard time understanding the individual um, and I and I think that they did a lot of that really well, but I kind of think again, like I said earlier, that should have been a little bit more longer. I would have preferred that. But let me I jumped a bit. I'm jumping around in my discussion on this. Sorry, that's the way my brain is. <laughs> but it goes back to again to the point where the Federation um, people, the members at the time, get to vote for, although even some non-Federation members. But uh, which is interesting now that they think about it. They get to they decide to vote about whether okay there's this scientist Tarka guy and he's a big part of this season who has a way of stopping the DMA like with a you know more or less weapon like blowing up their power source and and stopping it and a more aggressive type of thing and the other thing is hey let's go we know where these guys are let's go talk to them let you know and there and there's a lot of things going on in discussions about well how do they not realize what they're doing. You know, basically, if it's if they're that smart and that evolved and whatever, how do they not realize they're wiping out whole civilizations and whole planets of people? It's kind of like if you're into comics, um, there's there's this comic character in Marvel uh, called Galactus, and, and he just comes around. He has to kind of suck all the energy from a world to feed himself, and he really doesn't care if there's people there. 
you know. Although, you know, truthfully, Galactus, you could find a lot of planets don't got people and you could go eat those up. So, you know, it always seems kind of weird to me. But but the um, – so, so this vote happens and they vote to talk, you know. The Federation wants to try to do first contact with this these aliens and try to talk them down and, and stop them from doing this thing they're doing that's wiping out planets of people. And and eventually, you know, book and goes off with Tarka to do their way, you know, like, no, we're going to blow them up. And of course, that doesn't go according to plan, right? <laughs> Nothing ever does. And it, and, it, and it kind of twists and turns around a little bit of like, which plan is really better. Uh, and ultimately, the, uh, of course, the Federation and the talk and, and first contact and talking things out is the, is the way to go. And that's what eventually solves it. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, like I said, I, you know, I, I just hope that they get away from this where there's something going to wipe out, uh, wipe things out completely. I do, again, I really, really do like, like the show a lot. I like the characters. I, I, I very much enjoyed, you know, when they zipped them a thousand years in the future. I thought that was a super bold and smart move, but now, okay, let's do something with, with that a bit more. I'm a, I'm a little afraid when they did that, though, that their their tech has become just a little too easy. They're literally, like, practically have magic now. They can literally make weapons appear in their hands, programmable matter. They just literally transport from point to point you know, they don't even walk. Well, they will, <laughs> when they need some dramatic effect, they'll walk on the ship. But then when they need to get someplace quick, they can just transport within the ship. Bang, 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 bang. I still don't know. <laughs> Here's a funny little side thing. I'm still not quite understanding how, when they tap their little badge and they transport, how in the world does that know where to take them? Like they don't say anything, you know, they don't even say bridge and then tap their com badge or, or planet tap their com badge. I don't. I don't know how it works. How does it work? Does it read their minds? I don't know. I. I. I mean, okay. You've got this tech, and I, and I can. I can. I, I'm good with ninety five percent, ninety eight percent of. Yeah. Okay. Do that, but just give me a little bit of like, how is that actually working? Ever since they got those little badges that allow those little transporter badge things, that lets them jump from place to place from. Like they'll be on Discovery, and then they'll have they'll be at uh, you know Starfleet or slash Federation headquarters, whatever it is, and uh, and they'll just bop back and forth between those. It's like how how do they know, and and how do they know where to go on there, and like I, I and how does it? I, I just yeah, I'm probably said too much about that, <laughs> but all right, um, well I'm almost an hour into the podcast. Let's do a quick segue. And just talk a little bit about um, – so that's my wrap-up of, of Season 4. I did enjoy it. Uh, I was going to probably talk a little bit more, but I, I started babbling about a lot of different things. So hope you guys enjoyed it. I don't know. Let me know what you think. TrekSF at gmail.com. I really – I'm curious. I know a lot of people really had some trouble with this season. And, of course, there's people who have trouble with Discovery. And just every time there's a Star Trek Discovery post on a Star Trek group somewhere online, it's like, oh, that garbage – you know, how can you be watching that? What's wrong with you? You know, it's not garbage. <laughs> I know what garbage is, and this is not garbage. You have no no scale if you think this is garbage. <laughs> it is not. That's another thing that, and here I'm going to sound like an old fogey, but um, there's this just this constant trend these days of everything old, or not just old, but um, what am I trying to say here? Um, Everything is either fantastic, a 10. If you have a scale of 1 to 10 and 10 is the best and 1 is the worst, everything's either a 10 or a 1. That There's no in between. There's no gray. And and I think that's absurd, obviously. I put this season of Discovery or whatever, maybe around a 7, 8 or something like that. Maybe a 7. I'll call it a 7. Um, I really enjoyed the first couple of seasons of Discovery. I would put those a little bit higher. The last couple, actually, I feel like they've fallen off a little, in my opinion. Not a lot. If the first couple of seasons were like eights, you know, then I would give these sevens or something like that. I don't like to usually do that, but just trying to give you an idea, a reference point. But so many people out there seem to be like, no, no, no. It needs to be the most amazing thing, like the recent Batman movie. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, it's so great. It was good. 
Was it the greatest ever? No. <laughs> I had some issues. I talked about that on a recent podcast. But um, but discovery is either, it's either like, it's like Anakin, you know, you're either with me or you're against me. You know, like it's, it's Sith, it's black and white, you know, only a Sith deals in absolutes, right? All right. Um, but I did enjoy it. I, 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 I'm hopeful for season five being a little different and being not, no new DMA to deal with, right? Okay. So, um, Picard. Oh my gosh. Picard is, is so much fun. Uh, so interesting, so cool. I mean, I was a big proponent, a big fan of season one. I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I'd like to rewatch it again sometime. And I do need to get back to doing some, uh, like, uh, commentary on episodes. I want to get back to that. I haven't done that in a few months. I got to get back to doing some commentary, even go back to some older Trek shows too, not just the new ones. I kind of started to focus more on the new stuff because it's airing and new stuff. Uh, but, um, so we've had three, we already had three episodes of Picard. Is that right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's ton. You know, Q's there. Um, the, the the group is back together. The band is back together. I, I, I love the cast of characters, like the actors. And it's got the Borg. It's got time travel. You know, it, it's, um, if anything, and I think I've said this before when I talked about it a little bit briefly last last time it, it it has almost a little too much familiar elements you know that this is one of these times where I'm surprised there aren't more people everyone seems to be enjoying it a lot but there's not more people saying man haven't been there done that haven't they basically done this heck they even did it in the original series in city on the edge of forever where basically some event in the past that this time it looks like Q causes it somehow uh, changes history dramatically that the Federation is this is this nasty group, almost like the Mirror Universe Federation, or you know, it's 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 you know, they're not the uh, typical Starfleet slash Federation of of our that we know of Star Trek. So, but no, it's a lot of fun. The actors seem like they're having a great time, and and the most recent episode was was uh, was really fun. So, uh, so yeah, I'm 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 as they say in the as the kids say these days. Do kids say this anymore? I'm digging it. I, I, uh, I'm really enjoying it and I, and I, and I can understand why everyone's really liking it. I mean, it's very Star Trek, you know, Hey, we, you know, Q pops up and, and he does something and the Borg are there and let's, you know, it's like, what other, let me, I'm trying to think of what else is super popular in Star Trek. Maybe they got to go save a whale or something like they, they need another, you know, common something. Uh, I'm hoping there's going to be a twist here. I'm really curious what, what or who this watcher person, whatever it is in the in the past that they're gonna deal with. I, I'm there's a lot of people that have been saying it's gonna have something, some connection to an episode or it was a two parter right in, in Deep Space Nine, where um there's the in 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 Star Trek history into the year twenty twenty four, which is where they've come back to there was this thing called the Bell Riots going going on, right? And and that's where Cisco ended up and, and Bashir and everything, and they were involved there. So everyone seems to be pointing to, they really picked that very specific year and, and time frame. So uh, maybe, uh, maybe there's going to be some connection to that in some way. They're definitely making some commentary already on the state of 2024 and homelessness and, and other things that they're running into when they're cruising around, you know, Los Angeles trying to find this watcher person, whatever. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun, really good. A lot of stuff that's, um, a lot of good Star Trek and I hope everybody's enjoying it. I mean, it's, it's an abundance of riches and, and this is what we've worked for to, uh, to get to and have, have a cool, uh, have some cool Trek to watch and yeah. And, you know, this talk about another movie, you know, with the Kelvin people, you know, Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto and all that group. Uh, we'll see if that happens. I hope it does. Uh, although I just read something, Carl Urban, who does, he's great as McCoy. I mean, he's one of my favorite parts of this new group. Uh, he's doing this, you know, Amazon show called The Boys. And I guess there's potentially, you know, there there's a season of that's coming out in June. And, um, there, it's a little unclear if he's going to be able to, you know, depending on when they'd film this new movie, if he'd be able to break away and, and do it or not. So I'd be I'd be really disappointed if he couldn't be in there as McCoy. I have a feeling if if he couldn't, 
I don't think they recast. I think they would just say McCoy's off somewhere else and and they would just bring in another if they needed a doctor, it'd be a different doctor. But that's that would be sad. I would be sad to see that, you know, him not in this next one because it's most likely if they do put the pull this together and bring back most of that cast, it's most likely going to be the last time they'll probably do do a Trek movie together. So it would be sad if he wasn't there as part of it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, folks. Um, I think that's about it for this week. Uh, I had fun. I had fun talking about this stuff and, and Trek. I always enjoy talking about Trek. I could talk about it for, for a whole day, for hours at a time. So uh, I think next week, like I said, I, I think I'm looking at my schedule. Hang on. Yeah, I think I... Um, I had this idea to do a collectible show and maybe a vidcast, and I think I'm going to put that maybe a couple of weeks away. I think next week is probably going to be a guest spot or maybe a rerun episode, but um, so that's, I think, it. Uh, I'll probably talk to you guys again in two weeks, uh, and I hope everybody's doing well. Stay healthy. Stay uh, safe. I, I think, you know, hopefully we're doing doing pretty good everywhere, wherever you're at, and weather is getting better, although, you know, if you're in the southern hemisphere, I guess your weather's swapping. By the way, hopefully my to anybody who's listening on Australia, I know I know a few people. Um, hopefully you guys are doing better down there. Man, you were getting a lot of flooding rains. Uh, it looked crazy on the on the videos I was seeing. So everyone, take care of yourselves. Take care of your friends, families, your pets, and uh, I'll talk to all of you again very soon. Bye bye. This has been a Rico Dosti podcast production.